Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Each week, we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through our squiggly world of work. And before we get started on this week's topic, just a quick reminder about the Squiggly Career Advocates Awards, which have one week to go when this comes out. The the application date for the awards closes on the 31st of March. So if you are somebody who is passionate about career development and you are committed to helping other people with their career development, the awards could be something that you might want to enter. We are going to be recognising and supporting 100 people who are already helping other people with their careers. We've got a really exciting 12-month learning programme designed for that community. And also we want to connect everyone together so that they can learn from each other. You can find out everything you need to know about applying if you just go to amazingif.com forward slash advocates. And I've already seen lots of the applications and I'm very very excited about them. Oh, final point, actually, you can nominate other people. That's the other thing. When I was scanning through all the applications so far, I was just really happy about how many people had nominated somebody else for the awards, which just feels like a very, very nice thing to do to support people. Oh, that's exciting. I've not seen any of them yet, so I'm, look- I'm looking forward to reading them. them. From you. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to be talking about how to build a personal board for your career. And we've covered different topics before about things like relationships and networking and mentoring, but we've never really explored this idea of a personal board. What is it? Why does it matter? And how can you create and build and maintain one of these boards for yourself? And there's a great article from a lady called Dory Clark, which will be in your resources. And she talks about this idea of the chief distinction between finding a mentor and creating a mentor board of directors is that there's less pressure to find one person who represents your ideal future self. You can diversify your search criteria and learn from a variety of people. And I think that really sums up the essence of what we want to talk about when we think about this idea of a personal board. Almost when you think about it, the idea of like one person. <laughs> the guru. <laughs> yeah, I mean, A, the pressure, if you're that one person. But also, it just doesn't feel realistic in terms of, well, if you're relying and overly dependent on one person, you know, relationships change, you know people in different ways. As you squiggle into different roles, different teams, different organisations, I think actually thinking more holistically about having the right people around you is really useful. And the one thing I always think when I think about personal boards and networking relationships generally is there is so much uncertainty and ambiguity in squiggly careers. There's a lot we can't control, but I do think the relationships that you build 
belong to you. And they're something you can control and they can be a continual source of learning and support. And let's face it, it's also very affordable. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of quite cheap to learn through other people and borrow their brilliance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a really smart strategy for all of us in our career. And actually, as Helen and I have been thinking about this, actually over the last week or so, I've actually done some proper thinking about this one. It's really made us appreciate, A, where we're doing this well, But also when you start to think about this really actively for yourself, you start to spot gaps. You can think about the actions you can take. Today, we're going to talk about some principles for a personal board. And then we're going to really talk about like what might it look like and then how might you go around building this board for yourself? So let's start with the principles then. So there are three different principles which, regardless of what you want to learn and who you're going to learn it from, apply to creating a good quality personal board. And the three principles are difference, distance and donating generously so I'll talk about each of those in turn. <laughs> we, just, we just about got a D for that last one then. <laughs> we worked really hard to find some kind of D that fits. Um, it helps us to remember them everybody. So the first one, difference. The point here is that we really want to have people in our personal board that think differently to us. They have different experience, they approach problems from a different perspective. This is really getting into the territory of what Matthew Syed talks about in Rebel Ideas about you know the importance of cognitive diversity, increasing collective intelligence, i.e. if you've got quite a lot of people who think differently and bring different insights of knowledge on your personal board, you're kind of collectively all more intelligent and you get to use that intelligence in your squiggly career. So it's just about making sure that you don't have people that all think the same as you and have the same experience. Difference is a good thing in your personal board. The second point is distance. And this means that we want to get a bit of a mix of what we call strong and weak ties. I think it's Mark Granovetter who kind of did the work around strong and weak ties, Sarah. But the point here is that we often over-invest in our strong ties. So the people that we already know, the people that we've known for a while, the people that know us. And, And all of that is good. But actually, the research around relationships shows that a lot of our ideas and opportunities come through our weak ties. These are the people that we don't know very well that we don't work with closely they're almost like some of the more random encounters that we get and so it's not just the people that you might have worked with for a really long time or that might have managed you before that you need in your network you also need some sort of new stimulus new thinking new people and that can really help our personal board when there's an element of sort of newness in there not everybody who we might have worked with before or work with at the moment And the third principle, the donate generously, this is all about your personal board not being built on what you can gain from people, but actually thinking about how you build really strong relationships with people based on what you can give. And this is a point that came up in an interview that will go live soon for us for our next Ask the Expert series with Sylvia Ann Hewlett, where she talks about sponsorship. And she talks about when you're trying to build really strong relationships with people, whether it's sponsors or people that you want to help you on your personal board, start by thinking, how can you help them? Think about what is it that you know or the time that you've got or the experience or expertise you've got that you could use to help those people and donate that to them generously. And it can be a foundation for a really strong relationship. And it's not a D, but I do think it's important when we think about personal boards is personal boards are not big. So if you think about any board of an organisation, it's probably between six to eight people. So there is no hard and fast rule in terms of exactly how many people you have on your personal board. 
But I think specifically what we're talking about today is kind of quite a small group of people. And you want that small group to be really thought about in terms of are they bringing the difference, the distance? Have you thought about what you can give as well as what you can gain from those relationships? Almost put as much time and effort into who those people are and the roles that people play as if you were a company. And I think that's why people borrow this idea of personal board. I think that's why it's useful just to remember kind of why it's called that. So just thinking about the roles that people play on a board, I find it really useful to start to be specific about thinking, what's the primary role someone plays on my board in terms of thinking about my career? And whether you think about this a bit like a football team or an orchestra. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you don't. I did I, orchestra is my other example. I think both of those work, but you want people at their best playing roles and positions that they're really brilliant at. And people can obviously do more than one thing at once, but fundamentally there's often one thing that they're very strong at or that's all that they can particularly give to you i've thought about my analogy is it analogy instead of a football team or an orchestra i think it'd be like the kitchen crew you know you'd have like the head chef and the sous chef and then you're the pastry chef i feel like just just in terms of what i'm passionate about i could (laughs) use that as an analogy that i could attach myself to i wonder how many we could come up with for like teams where there's lots of i suppose they are teams that naturally have a lot of difference in them yes and then you know with you bring together that's why why it works so well So when I think about this and when I share this idea in workshops, I've come up with a number of different ways of describing the roles that people play in my personal board and then actually thinking about, well, what names go next to these descriptions? So I thought I'd just share these with you and then Helen's going to give you another way of thinking about this. So the first one is an inspirer. Someone who inspires you is perhaps someone who's already where you'd like to be in the future someone who really shows you the art of the possible. I think all of these people will often give you energy, but particularly inspirers might make you just think, oh, this is just reminding me why I'm so passionate about this or really interested in this. So think about kind of who is your inspirer. The next is empathiser. And an empathiser is somebody who understands your world. They don't need to be in your organisation right now, but they've probably got similar experiences and a shared understanding of what you're going through in your job and in your career right now. So for example, Helen is my number one empathizer at the moment because you know she knows day in, day out what I'm doing, what I'm spending my time on, what it's like to be running and growing a small business, what it's like to be doing that alongside having toddlers. So there's lots of ways that she can empathize with me. Then it's good to have a challenger. So this is somebody who does kind of not only think differently to you, but I guess is prepared to challenge you. And sometimes those people are hard to find because people are worried about maybe being honest. Sometimes these, I guess, get described as like critical friends, but someone who is just prepared to say, oh, I'd approach that completely differently, or have you thought about doing it this way? Maybe it feels a bit left field to you. You just think, oh, my brain just wouldn't work that way, or I would never have come up with that question or that idea. Those people actually can be hard to spend time with because they're just so different to you but really valuable in terms of their insights and their perspective then think about who is your questioner someone who it just asks amazing questions 
they were always very open, really insightful. Perhaps they asked the questions that you've been ignoring or avoiding for yourself in tough situations. So often questioners are also very good listeners. I do think those things go hand in hand. Then think about, have you got an ideator? Someone who is just full of ideas, options, exploring different possibilities. Oh, have you thought about this? Or how about that? Or this could be interesting. You know, just that person who's always generating possibilities. Then have you got a supporter? This is maybe the one that most of us perhaps feel most confident in. This is someone whose primary role is they are just on your side. They think you are the best thing and they support you unreservedly. You just know that they will, you know, if you're having a bit of a dip in your confidence, they'll remind you of your successes. They will celebrate you every step of the way. They will believe that you're as brilliant as you are and that you can be. And then maybe a connector. So someone who is very, often these people have got very good networks, build really good relationships. That's one of their super strengths or one of the skill sets they have. Often quite influential and they're very generous with their connections. They'll kind of spot opportunities to think, oh, can I connect Sarah to Jeff? Because I think they'll have a lot in common. And they're very proactive about making those connections. So there we had inspirer, empathizer, challenger, questioner, ideator, supporter, and connector. Now, as I said, that is not some sort of, this is what everybody should have. This is just something that I found really useful because I feel like each of those roles are different. Actually, when I then go through those roles and think about, well, what are the names? What's the name of the person that goes next to Inspira? What's the name of the person that goes next to Empathizer? I start to spot who I've already got, what gaps I might have, and also can then start to look down that list of people and go back through that idea of thinking, well, how different are those people? What's the distance as well? Are they all people that I know from the same organisation? Are they all people who are very similar to me? And two people can actually play different roles in each other's personal boards. So when Helen and I did this last week, we realised that I'm an ideator for Helen, but Helen is an empathiser for me. The primary role we play for each other is actually slightly different. So I think perhaps just a useful exercise to do is just to go through those things and really specifically write down the names of the people, look at it through different lenses. Have you got people with enough difference, with enough distance? What are you giving to each of those people and what gaps have you got? And you can totally take those roles that Sarah said and almost write them down in your notebook or, you know, have your own way of tracking that stuff. But I have a free resource for you, which I think is really good. It is called my.personalboardroom.app. We will put the link in the resources, which will all go on amazingif.com and in the notes to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, you should find the show notes and I'll put it there as well. But what this app does is it actually has 12 roles. So please don't get too caught up in Sarah's eight roles or this being 12 roles. It's just about recognising that you need different things in your personal board and being specific about what those different things are helps you to find the right people for them. But in this particular app, there are 12 things. Several of the ones that Sarah has mentioned, it also includes like a sponsor and an anchor, a customer voice one. So they may or may not be right, but that's the 12 ones that are on this app. I like them. But the really good thing about this app is you basically write and you type in people's names and then you can assign them to these roles and it helps you to spot where you've got the gaps. 
it helps you to really quickly keep it up to date and it recommends like next best actions for you. So it might say, oh, you could do with somebody outside of your industry. So you get to that point around the difference or the distance that we mentioned earlier on as a principle. And I just think it's really, it's really helpful. It splits them into all those different roles. It splits them into information roles. So like someone who's an expert or an inspirer, power roles. So somebody who might be a sponsor and or an influencer and then developmental roles. So someone who could be an improver or they call it being a nerve giver. So that person who gives you that little push that you need in those moments where you might doubt yourself. And so I quite like that split as well, like the information, the power, the developmental roles. But I just really like that it's a simple free app that you can put people's names in, you can move them around. And it's just, for me, it just takes some of the hard work out of this because I could just see what I've got and where I've also got some gaps. I think the other thing that's nice about it is this idea of your personal board also changes over time. Mm. Because I think you could be tempted here to think, oh, this is what it looks like today, and then it stays still. But just like you in squiggly careers, you move in different directions, and there are a lot of transitions. The people who do this particularly well are always very active in assessing the usefulness of these relationships and where you might have a new gap. I think that's something that actually I've got wrong a few times in my career where I've built really brilliant relationships and probably had quite a strong personal board and then my circumstances have changed. So I've gone into a new industry or a new type of organisation and I've actually not thought about the impact that will have in terms of the support that I might need for my career. Someone's role might have changed So someone might have gone from being an inspirer to a supporter, for example. I've not proactively enough thought, okay, I've now got this new gap. So let's think about who those people might be. Let's start spotting where I might find those people. Let's start asking kind of some new people for support. So I think the other really important principle to bear in mind as you're doing this is how can you prompt yourself to keep coming back to your personal board and almost any time you make a change in your career that should also be one of those moments where you think oh well how might this also impact my personal board I think I've only got better at doing this probably in the last year or so I've almost kept my personal board too consistent for too long not kept refreshing it as my squiggle has gone in different directions. And when you're when you're thinking about these people and the roles that you need and who might fill them, at no point do I really ever say to anybody, yeah. oh, congratulations, you've made it onto my no. board. Or Here's fired. a job description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or my squiggle's changed. So I, I've, I've demoted you, you just to a friend. <laughs> like, yeah. this, this never happens. Right? This is a conceptual thing. But I think the structures of having these different roles help you to manage this in an effective way. But yeah, we could say to people, Oh, sorry, you've made it to the board table at the moment. (laughs) Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So find the way to kind of identify the roles that you need in a way that works for you. But the most important things, if we're going to sort of move from this is the who you might need to like the how you make this happen, how you kind of bring your board to life and how you build your board, there are four things that are really important. The first one is be specific about your gaps. So you've got to get those roles down to be able to see, well, where have I got people who are helping with those things at the moment and where do I have some gaps? That's kind of point one. You've got to know that. Then it's about spotting who can fill those gaps. And some of that you might be able to just pause and reflect and think, oh, I'm missing a challenger. Who has been a brilliant challenger to me in the past? Or who do I work with on a day-to-day basis who I think has that ability? So that could be something that you could do. Or it might be that you just recognise you've got a gap and you kind of just start scanning. Like in the meetings that you're in, the conversations that you're having, you're sort of looking for somebody with those traits. So it might be that you don't know that person yet. And that's absolutely fine. But just sort of being more aware of that being a skill that you're missing in your board means that you might be able to spot it in people when you're talking to them. So that's a good thing. The third thing is then basically moving into how can I ask that person let's say I am missing that challenger I've spotted somebody who is just seems to be naturally good at that in a project that I'm working on and I'm at the okay well how do I ask that person how do I ask them (laughs) to be on my board well don't ask them to be on your board for a start but think about what are the points of connection that you might have Maybe you've got a shared passion. Maybe you're both managers. Maybe you're both relatively new to the organisation or you've worked in a similar organisation before this one. Try and think about what are our points of connection because you can sort of leverage those in building a relationship in the beginning. But then think about, okay, well, how can I help them? What is it they are working on, interested in, spending time on? And how could I help that person to do that thing better? And then the last thing is to be brave about asking, asking for their time, their input, their perspective doesn't always feel easy. But if you can start with how you can help them, that definitely helps to make an ask easier. And I think it's about remembering people do in the main, in my experience, really enjoy helping other people. And so sometimes it's hard to know how you can help, I think, in the early days of a relationship, because you think, well, I don't know someone that well or maybe you don't know their job that well it is okay to just very openly and specifically ask for some help and a lot of people if you do that you know if you do it in a way that's informal you're not asking people to commit to too much initially you're just sort of saying perhaps you really admire a skill that somebody's got 
or you know that someone's got experience of something that could be useful for you, just asking someone for a chat to talk about that is a really good place to start. That's all I would ever do to start is I would just think, oh, I really admire that or I want to learn about that. That person's really good at it. And if they say no, that's okay too, because there's never only one person who can help you. I think the more frequently we get used to asking for help, the easier it becomes. And we just get more confident thinking, you know, you don't always have to do the give and the gain in one conversation and in that same moment. We've talked before about this idea of career karma. I just always trust in the best relationships. You always feel like there's give and gain. And it might not be exactly the same moment or even exactly the same year, but everything always works out in the wash, I think. Oh, I never heard that phrase at all. Everything always works out in the wash. Oh, maybe that's... Have you just made know. that up? Because sometimes my no. washing goes random. I mix a colour and end up with pink t-shirts. And... Oh, I don't know now. I've, I've started to question it. Oh, I like it. And, and then the last point we just wanted to make on personal boards is to really think about when you start to think about those people that you've got around your kind of conceptual or imaginary board table, remembering, you know, you need to be adaptable and that one size doesn't fit all. So you will have different types and styles of relationship with each of those people. And so some of those people might respond better to, actually, I want to be very clear about how our relationship is going to work. So is it half an hour every eight weeks via Zoom? And actually, you know, they want even a, what do you want to talk about agenda 24 or 48 hours before? So that's quite formal, very structured. You know exactly how that's going to work. And for some people that works brilliantly. For other people, they're really reactive. And actually, they're very happy maybe to communicate via WhatsApp. Perhaps it's much more in the moment, something happens, you think, oh, I've not got experience of this. I'd love to just get someone else's perspective. And it's just a quick phone call. It's a quick WhatsApp message. I've got somebody, he's on my personal board, who last week, I just WhatsApped about a quick question. And he genuinely responded and was like, I've got 22 minutes. Do you want a quick phone chat? (laughs) Um, And actually, I was out for a walk. It was chucking it down with rain. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? (laughs) So I hid under a tree and for (laughs) 22 minutes had a really quick conversation that was incredibly useful. Now, I've known that person for a long time. We're really happy to kind of talk to each other in a very kind of informal way. It doesn't need to be a Zoom meeting. That works for him and that works for me. So I I think just thinking about that and also sometimes asking the question as you're getting to know people, sort of say, oh, like what works best for you? So you don't have to assume, you know, things have to work in a certain way. Also just, I think, understanding, you know, the different roles that people play and how that can change over time. Someone might have an exceptionally busy time and actually go really quiet on you for three months, six months, that's okay too. And again, you can just ask the question and say, are you going to be struggling for time a little bit for six months? Like, don't worry, we can get back in touch. You can always reconnect with people. And actually a lot of the research on weak ties shows that a good way to develop weak ties, so people who you don't know as well and who perhaps aren't in your world right now, is to reconnect with people. Reconnect with people who perhaps have learned similar things to you been in similar organisations in the past, maybe someone who worked for you or you worked for them in the past. So there's no hard and fast rules of this is how you must do create a personal board for it to be effective. So I think 
But I think thinking about this really actively really helps. I also think when you're reflecting on how best to engage people, what that point made me think is that sometimes I default to a certain way because it works for me. Mm. So I'm quite a responsive, reactive person. And I think that lots of people in my personal board, I sort of manage in that way. You know, a quick WhatsApp here, (laughs) have you got 10 minutes? Because that's my preferred way of working with people. But actually it might not be theirs. And so I think when you're building those relationships, asking them how best would your time be spent in these conversations or how if to continue these conversations, what would work best for you? Would it be a quick text if I've got a question or would it be, you know, let's have more regular meetings that we can talk things through and just asking them that question, make sure that they're spending time in the way that works for them, not just responding to a default way that might work for you. I think I might be missing out on some opportunities just because I'm defaulting to one particular way of working with people. That's my reflection on today's conversation. (laughs) Well, we had a chat, didn't we, and said that we would be very different. Mm. So I said, actually, I quite like the idea of just every eight or 12 weeks or so, particularly with somebody like an Inspiro on my kind of personal board, making sure I've got the space to spend time with them. You know, like just no agenda, nothing specific, but just thinking, I just want to regularly be able to spend time with that person. And I'd probably think of some questions to ask, but but you straight away, you were like, oh, no, no, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that. No. I have this like really big irritation of recurring meetings. I think <laughs> like any kind, because I feel like they just go in the diary and then you're like, oh, God, that meeting's here again. And it loses its, like the recurring meeting loses energy for me. Whereas the spontaneous meeting, the, oh, I've got this thing coming up and can that person help me or could I help them? I've got loads of energy for a spontaneous meeting. So yeah, I think that's probably a bit of a difference in us. But again, that's fine. You've just got to work out how it works best for you. And the second point is how it works best for the people that you're trying to help and get help from. And the last point we just wanted to make today is we've talked a lot here about you and your personal board and the people that you have around you for your career, but also think about the roles that you can play for other people as well. So, you know, you again, you don't need to ask someone, oh, do I do I make it onto your personal board? Um, what what you, title you do you give me? <laughs> yeah, what, what title have I got? But I think you can spot what your natural role is. So back to where I talked about inspirers and empathizers, you might play a different role for different people. But when I go through this, I spot that I'm often an ideator because ideas is one of my values. It's also one of developing and creating ideas and spotting new opportunities is one of the things that I'm good at, is one of my strengths. So I just know that that's something I've got to give. And the other thing that I've got to give now that wouldn't have been true, say, 10 years ago, is being a connector. So sometimes, not for everyone and not always, but sometimes for people who perhaps I'm part of their personal board, who knows? I sort of now want to start asking them. (laughs) But I feel like perhaps one of the things that I know I can do for other people is connect people together and then move out the way quite quickly. So you can look at this from um, the other perspective of just thinking about what have you got to give? Because inevitably, the more you do that too, the more you will also gain I think a really good question, if you're brave enough to ask and if it would help you, would be to ask people, what role do I play for you in your career? Mm. I think if you just ask that one, you might see whether there are consistencies and inconsistencies. Is there some help that you think you could give that maybe people aren't seeing at the moment? It just might be an interesting question to ask some of your career connections. But hopefully that has been helpful for you. We really wanted it just to give you a bit of a structure. You know, people talk, I think, about networking in this really sort of generic way sometimes about having all these relationships. And the personal board thing is quite specific because it is about a set of roles that you need and thinking about who 
plays those roles but for me whether you use the app or you just write down those roles it just gives you a bit of structure around networking and that makes it a bit more helpful for where you invest your time and who you might want to maintain relationships with and build new ones so hopefully it's done that for you as well there are quite a lot of resources today so articles that we've read the <laughs> app that I've mentioned so they'll all be on amazingif.com if you just go to the podcast page you'll find it or just put network or personal build into the search term and you'll find it either way So thank you so much for listening today. As always, if you've got any podcast topics that you'd like us to cover that aren't in our list of 200 plus, please (laughs) do let us know. If you have two minutes to rate, review, subscribe, of course, that helps every podcast that you listen to. Oh, and And thank you for everybody that has responded to Sarah's appeal. we got to 500. We did a podcast appeal (laughs) for 500. And somebody um, who actually was like, here you go, Sarah, here's your 500. So nice, so nice. That is funny. So I'll come up with a new arbitrary number for us to aim for everybody <laughs> Can't wait. Um, in the next few weeks but for now we like, really do appreciate everybody who does it and we read every review it's really helpful for us to know the difference that we're making what's most useful always let us know like what we can do more of maybe if there's anything that's less helpful if you've got any even better riffs for us we'd always like to know those too but that's everything for this week thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon bye for now bye everyone Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.